Hey folks, thanks for listening to the Wanderings and World Gathering podcast. This is episode 22. I wanted to jump on before we started the episode to apologize in advance. We're currently working on some new systems to be able to bring in guests and to be able to edit more efficiently. And with that, there was some technical hiccups along the way. About halfway through the episode, you'll notice my audio starts to drop out. Uh, Teabags may skip a little bit here and there, and there's some pops and clicks. So, you know, we're working to improve as we go along. That said, there's always some bumps in the road. But please stick around. Metalhead Monday's here. We review the new Mark Morton. We also have some fun with our weekly challenge, and a new weekly challenge will be on. Plus two, new song at the end. Please stick around to listen. Thanks. It's another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering. Here's Foggy. <laughs> Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 22, Electric Boogaloo. It's the episode where we all come together to save miracles. We are recording live tonight on St. Patrick's Day. If we were to flip back through the pages of time, we would find that on this day in 1957, Elvis Presley bought Graceland for, are you ready for this? $102,000. A 10,000 square foot home on 14 acres for a hundred grand. Crazy. Well, I'm your host tonight, Foggy. With me as always are JPP. What up? What up? <laughs> and back from assignment, tea bags. Teabags, too hot for TV. Hey, hey, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> and back again this week, Metalhead Monday. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's Metalhead Monday. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? <laughs> what's happening? Good to have you back. Speaking of uh, just getting back away on assignment last week was Teabags. What was going on? Hey, uh, well, I was part of a, I like, I love a good conspiracy. So, um, I was able to go up and meet with people at MIT and we were going through to make sure that every Medea movie was timed to the Wizard of Oz, timed to the dark side of the moon. It was complicated, so I won't go into it right now, but that's where I was. Algorithms, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's what I figured. And there's a new Medea movie coming out this, this year, by the way. Awesome. Well, with the benefits of AI, I'm sure that kind of helped the process along. So we commend you for your efforts. And um, thanks. I don't want to spill the bag, but the beans rather, but uh, let it out of the bag. I should say I'm trying to get that phrase all together. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I know that while you were out, you know, doing your, your reconnaissance there, you were also trying to score some pre-sale tickets to the Backstreet Boys for Metalhead Monday. Um, Absolutely. I just wanted to bring it up because, you know, I'm sorry you had to do what you had to do, but if you can pay me back that bailment money as soon as possible, that, that would really help out. I'm working on it. <laughs> Hopefully this paper on Medea will pay off. So Right on. Anyway. The efforts are greatly appreciated, I can assure you. <laughs> You're welcome. Anything to make your dreams come true. All righty. Oh, Lord. All right. Um, anybody, anything new and exciting going on? Yeah, I've got a quick story. Well, I'll make it as quick as I can. So you guys know last week, my nephew gave me his extra ticket to go see Metallica. Um, Figured I'd get that out of the way. Um, Mind blowing. Um, You know, of course, love the band, love seeing them live. But uh, to be that close to awesomeness was a very surreal experience. I sent some photos around um, the one in particular where I caught James Hetfield 
taking a quick glimpse at me. I was like, holy crap, you know, <laughs> it was, it was great, you know? Um, and what, what's funny is I was looking at some interviews with him too. And he was talking about, you know, one of the things that keeps him fired up is he, he looks around at the crowd and sees people fired up. He's like, I remember when I saw motorhead and I was like, yeah, that is so cool. It's like, I look for people that are trying to give that kind of energy to us. And so, um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what made him, look my way we were singing seek and destroy and so our whole section was just shouting and he just happened to catch it because he was right there so it was like perfect timing um you know it was a great show um i'll post the set list in the show notes but they sprinkled a lot of stuff they didn't play anything from load they played uh fuel uh from reload and that was it um but everything else had a little bit of time you know all the classic albums justice even had some stuff they uh um Ended the night with Sandman, of course. That was part of their encore. But uh, uh, the stuff from Hardwired was pulled off effortlessly. If I can even say that, it it takes a lot of effort tonight. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it was just really cool. And the the part that really excited me the most was just seeing that Kirk and James pulled out some old historical guitars. Um, James had his old white flying V from back in the day, pulled out an old Gibson Explorer. And they're beat to crap, but, you know, still playing them. Uh, you know, even Kirk had, uh, some, one of his old Jackson V's and of course all of his, uh, you know, horror themed guitars are pretty rad to see in person as well. Um, you know, we also got some swag. He got what's called the unforgiven package. So we got this box right here and it also came with free copies of through the never. I've never seen it. I've not heard great things about it, but I'm going to watch it. Um, I got basically, um, there's a pin, Metallica pin. There's a little keychain from the uh, live shit binge and purge logo and then a Metallica guitar headstock bottle opener. So those will be cool pieces of swag to, to keep in memorabilia as well. Got a t-shirt and uh, left smiling ear to ear just to be, you know, to see those guys up front. One funny thing that James did, James was, you know, he's Papa Het, he's Grandpa Het now because he was pulling some silly jokes along the way. At one point, you know, he was riffing and everyone was kind of going crazy and he turned around and he smiled at everyone like this. He's like, hey, and everyone, I could see everyone kind of looking at him like, did he lose a tooth? And he, he gave everyone a kind of a dirty look like, and he pulled the pick out of his mouth and went back and started playing. And it was just effortless. The way he pulled it off, we just was just dying because it was just like something your dad or your grandpa would do when you're a kid to goof off with you. So just that kind of positive energy through the whole set was incredible. I'm going to leave it at that. I wish you guys could have been there to experience it as well because the rest of it was indescribable, but what, what a night that's going to be definitely one I check off as one of the better nights of my life. Yeah. I'm jealous. I wish we could have been there too. And I have nothing that can top a Metallica concert. So (laughs) I don't know about you guys. Well, I've seen them twice and it's, I mean, they're awesome. I've never been that close. That's pretty incredible. Yeah, I got some cool pictures. And once we get the website up, I'll do a kind of a concert review and I'll post some vids and, and pictures of the experience as well. I got a real cool one of Rob Trujillo and he's he's kind of doing the guitar face. His eyes are closed shut and he's just really into it. Um, some great ones of Kirk Hammett as well. It's just really weird to see him with white hair now. Um, you know, and Jim Brewer opened the show too. And that's one thing he said. It's like, you guys are going to just, you're going to get your ass kicked. And your first thing you're going to say is, whoa, Kirk has white hair. <laughs> you know, and it's just uh, very entertaining. <laughs> across the board it was not a dull moment and one other last thing is standing on concrete that long especially in my 40s is you know it's a little grueling in now <laughs> than it was in my 20s but once they came uh-huh. on the adrenaline kicked in i didn't feel it until the next morning so 
You old fart. Yeah, that's right. That's Mr. Old Fart to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, that is fantastic, and nobody's topping that, so we're just going to get right to the challenge. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> we, try as we might, it won't happen. So uh, Metalhead issued the challenge this week, so go ahead and remind us, and then we will get uh, get going with the roundtable. Yeah, uh, my basic challenge was – you know, I like to listen to albums. It's awesome when you can listen to an album front to back and it's kind of one big piece. And with that in mind, I was thinking about your favorite album openers and like the first track that comes on and just sets the mood for everything. And I I kind of uh, smudged the parameters there and said like if there was like some kind of little intro before the song, that's cool or whatever. So, but that's it. Album openers. Hey, you can fudge the rules all you want. Teabags does it every week. True. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Teabags. We'll, um, we're going to go ahead and start with you because your three will be 10. So we'll just get rolling yes. with you. What's your first one? Um, well, the first one is my throw out one because I, like I told, I, I saw you earlier today, but um, it's hard to not go into the, your favorite bands and just pick your favorite albums and then pick that song. So, um, of course, somewhat damage would have made, um, my list from nine inch nails, the fragile, but tried to stay away from nine inch nails as much as possible. So I would say my first one would be, um, rotten apple by Allison chains for jar of flies. Mm. That was nice. a nice switch up. Um, and I think one of their better, you know, they were alternating between kind of hard rock and, metal and acoustic there for a bit and I, I loved when that one came on and it was a good time in, in my life too so I, I can still picture driving around listening to that song so that's my first one sweet no that's a good choice man that's uh thanks uh, you know in a band that's uh, toured metallica and such and has had some really solid hits in the day i will say um that though lane is no longer with us and they have a new singer i know there's a lot of mixed reviews about him but i think he sounds great and i think jerry is still doing a great job with writing tunes um but anytime i do listen to the new stuff i, I do you know begin to become quite nostalgic and uh would you know long for for lane but you know in the grand scheme of things i as they say in my daughter's first grade class you get what you get and you don't throw a fit so <laughs> i like the new learned. stuff too they're they're really good I, I, yeah. they're still putting out quality stuff and, uh, you know, Cantrell's Cantrell still sounds like Allison chains. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I hate right, it, who's, so we'll continue. Who, who, <laughs> no, uh, I don't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't listen to it. I hate it. I mean, I really want to, and I just can't because I just, I'm like, Paul, I just, I just think of what we're missing and, uh, that's too bad. Cause I'm sure I'm missing out somehow. Yep. <laughs> All right, yeah. Paul, you're up. Me. All right. Well, this was uh, my exposure to metal um, back in the day. A, a good friend of uh, Metalhead and I, Sir Winston, passed me a cassette for summer vacation, um, one Injustice for All by Metallica. He said, here, give this a listen. And I think he wanted it back before summer break, but it didn't happen. Uh, and that song, of course, is Blackened by Metallica. So I rewound the cassette to give it get it started. And I just hear this menacing high-pitched lead with some really just droning rhythm in the background fading in and then all of a sudden what just happened you know my face is like oh and 
I've said it millions of times. It terrified me and delighted me at the same time. And as soon as that opening riff kicked in before the drums really started uh, going to town was quite incredible. So that's my, my first uh, album opener choice. That's a great one. That they almost made my list, but I couldn't. I couldn't really decide between like Battery and Fight Fire with Fire and Blackened. It's like all of their albums open so strong. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you know, even with uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct, that that opening track just wow. So yeah, yeah. I almost little... picked that. Actually, I almost did. <laughs> we may have some overlap. I'll be interested to see how this goes. Yeah. Hey, real quick before we go on, is anybody else like Tony? Is sounded super glitchy on my end. He's Same a little here. choppy. He's a little, little choppy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on. I didn't know if it was recording that way or if it was just me or what. But it's like super glitchy. There was some hangups in last week's episode that it didn't do, but he's recording a backup. So worst case scenario, I'll just throw his backup in. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Gotcha. All right, I'll I'll go next uh, since you're the challenger. Monday. Okay. We ready? Yep. Go for it. All right. My first one, I, um, I, I wasn't going to choose Rush, but mostly because they have songs like 2112, which is the first song and it's an entire side of an album. You know, it's 20 minutes long. <laughs> Don't but, <lie>. um, <laughs> but I, I did choose one. Rush. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to come up with another one now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so from uh, Moving Pictures, uh, what I love about Tom Sawyer beginning that is it just hits with a beat first. There's no lead in. It's just that beat that starts off uh, Tom Sawyer. And I love that. And then it just moves right into red Barchetta and YYZ and it really hits hard. Um, and it sets the tone for that whole album. So that was my number one. That's shocking. That's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, we ask your wife about that choice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She loves it. Can't yeah. get enough of it. Yeah. She's merciless. I'm telling you. <laughs> she abuses me over it, but whatever. All right, Monday. What do you got? Well, for my number three, uh, I picked one that was kind of a face melter for me. Um, when, back when I was a little baby metalhead, first getting into the really heavy stuff, um, I've first discovered this little band called Slayer and the album they had out at the time was uh I just lost the name of it oh my gosh is it Seasons in the Abyss Seasons in the Abyss thank you well the first track on that is a little ditty called War Ensemble and it is pretty wicked I mean it comes in fast as can be and it never lets up and it's just wall-to-wall chaos and insanity and it's slayer being slayer and it's amazing and as kind of one of the songs that made me fall in love with them well (laughs) always love that one since that was my third choice i'll have to go with the runner-up but anyway (laughs) was it really yes it was nice yeah because you know i know we saw that on headbangers ball before the album came out but you know as far as like one up before i got a hold of the copy of the album but when um you know bought the cd and and threw it on and that was the openers like all right we're in for a real ride that was at the time probably some of the fastest guitar work i'd heard that was the first slayer album i ever bought myself and Mm -hmm. of course i went back and listened to earlier stuff but that was the first one i ever got myself and 
if I remember correctly, when I got it, it like it was the same thing for me. Like Paul said, like it kind of scared me, but I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I've been a fan ever since. So. And it's funny too because that album and before, like the, the past. Um, those all had kind of a certain raw nature to the sound of them. And then after that, when, you know, music production became a lot more high quality and more readily available, you started hearing thicker guitar. I mean, everything was thick then too, but there was still a, a kind of a raw punk vibe to that thrash at that time. See, I would contribute that to Dave Lombardo because after seasons he left. So <laughs> yeah, very valid, very valid point. At first I thought you were going to say that that came in like a wrecking ball which would have stolen Tony's number two. So I'm yeah. glad you didn't. Yes. yes. Me too. I don't want to step bags, you're up. <laughs> yes. But you know, <laughs> there's a good visual there if you picture a wrecking ball and tea bags. And... <laughs> oh, oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, before you continue, have you seen Ron Jeremy do the parody of wrecking ball? Yeah. Don't. Uh, no. No, I have not. <laughs> no, uh, I have not. Go, go do that and then go to confessional immediately after. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Noted. Okay. Um, so are we doing these in order? Like we're working towards our number one? I, I'm, I'm, I don't have mine in order like that. I, no, okay. like I went, mine was number one first. So yeah, I, I okay. was, but it doesn't really matter. Okay. I kind of was too, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me either. Um, okay. Well, I would say next up for me would be, um, white America by Eminem. Nice. I felt like, you know, that was going to set the tone, not only for how that next album, the dreaded sophomore album would be for him, but the, uh, pretty much the rest of his career, <laughs> you know, uh, just the kind of like, I don't give a, and, and that's how he operates. <laughs> Cool. Nice. I, I can't say that I know that tune. I'll have to go uh, check it out. It's fantastic. It is. It's like a, I mean, it's a commentary right back to everybody once he got famous. You know, it's like mm. he was setting the tone for how he was going to be pretty much. And, um, and, and even to this day, like with Kamikaze, it opens very similarly as far as same attitude, which is kind of cool. Right on. Eee, all right. Paul. All right. Well, um, along the same vein, you'll see a pattern. Um, while you guys know I love electronic music, um, you know, tunes set the mood and they're great, but these are ones that just, you know, smacked me right in the face and, and really woke me up and got me ready to listen to the album. So the, the problem with electronic music is there's a lot of consistent elements and, and you, you've heard, you know, one synthwave tune, you start to hear them all. I love the genre, but you know, thrash metals, you know, especially given just got off the, the Metallica uh, train, it's uh, hard to, um, you know, let go of that this week. But um, second tune was uh, one that Monday and I saw on Headbangers Ball. I think we may have even been together uh, when, when the, the video premiered, but uh, it was Holy Wars, The Punishment Due by Megadeth off of Rust in Peace. And, that was my number one, you jerk. Yeah, well, hey, I told you we'd probably have some uh, overlap, but the, I mean... You, Are you two dating each other? These sound like uh, dating why, songs. What, why? What have you heard? But... Uh, <laughs> I heard you know, parallel, we have parallel lives. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Exactly. But, you know, nonetheless, I mean, that, that track just really set the mood. It followed with Hangar 18, and it just was a, a ride all the way through. Um, that's one of those albums you listen to cover to cover, you know, you know, from start to finish and don't, uh, don't miss a beat. So, 
Um, I remember spending countless hours trying to get that riff down. And then Winston's like, Hey, I got it here. Check it out. What did you do? And he slows down for me and I still couldn't get it for the longest time. So um, that was part of our competitive nature is we would certainly try to out riff each other, but he won that one. Nice. Very cool. That really sucks. You still has quick money. <laughs> yeah. Holy, Time wars. To <laughs> Holy wars is um, as far as I'm concerned, that is one of the greatest metal songs ever written and performed. It is mm -hmm. the single greatest thrash metal song ever written and performed and nothing can touch it. Well, when you have Marty Freeman and Nick Menza in the roster, there's there's no topping that team. I mean, Marty was very diverse, is very diverse. Um, you know, uh, for those who play guitar, his picking technique has always intrigued me. I can't it's do that. It's weird looking. It is, but it, yeah. he pulls it off so well, and it, he uses it to do a lot more of like that. <laughs> hammer-ons and pull-offs for a quick example and you know he uses it all to his advantage and um you know just hearing him with with mustaine is it's certainly missed i mean the other guys have been great too but uh you know marty just had a certain edge that nobody can can emulate yeah that was a great good. track yeah yeah all right my number two is uh from slipknot iowa which in my estimation is their best record and uh, it came off of, uh, you know, their self-titled album where, you know, they had some songs where they did some rapping in there. And I think there were some parallels to Corn uh, or Limp Biscuit or something. And so when they came out with Iowa, it was basically an F you to everyone. And uh, it starts off with 515, which kind of repeats. And I did the two because it's really a lead in and it just repeats the, the word death. And then it goes into people equal shit which really starts driving this record and the anger um, and that, you know, gets eventually to the heretic anthem, which is basically saying we are not like everyone else. And uh, I think that set the course for the rest of their albums. And it is definitely my favorite of theirs. Yeah. Nice. That's a good pairing. Cool. I mean, from that lead into people equal shit, that's, you got me started listening to them and I've really been paying attention to that. It's a really good combination. I think. Speaking of Slipknot, have you ever seen, I, don't, I can't remember what song it is, but have you seen the Radio Disney remix of one of their live performances? <laughs> Radio Disney? No. Yeah, if, you, if you know the link, send it to me. I will send it. It's Perfect. hilarious because, you know, they're playing everything in a major key and the vocals are clean. And they're basically they're doing a complete reenactment of the of the song note for note. And like they sync it to the video and it's a live video. And so um when Corey goes, get your effing hands in the effing air. Like he's like all happy and peppy about it. Get your effing hands in the effing air. And uh, it's, it's great. And they also did angel of death that way too. And it's all clean tone with major uh, chords. And uh, you know, he's singing like uh, all happy and peppy angel of death and all this kind of stuff. So uh, I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes. It's, it's comedy gold. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so you said F you, I could just see, you know, that being on Iowa in a major key, you know, <laughs> so um all right monday your number two uh okay well since paul stole my number one i'm going to bump You're my welcome. number two up to number one and use uh one of my honorable mentions here uh staying in the baby metalhead zone i'm gonna go with uh, among the living from anthrax oh yeah hell yeah and uh Anthrax is my favorite band ever. I have an Anthrax tattoo on my leg. Um, this Among the Living is kind of their big, iconic album. 
a la Master of Puppets for Metallica and, you know, same kind of deal. It's it's the one everybody kind of gravitates to. And the title track is the lead-in track. And, I mean, it's just kind of starts out with a kind of a clean tone and kind of builds. And it's just that song is kind of everything that Anthrax is. It, it tells a story. Um, it's actually based on uh, Stephen King. It's based on The Stand, actually. And because they were big Stephen King fans back in the day, they wrote several songs about his books and stuff. Um, and it's just a great song, great lyrics, awesome grooves, kind of, you know, lots of different parts in it. It's that that song is everything that embodies Anthrax. And it, it's an awesome, awesome way to kick off that album. There you go. Change it a little bit for copyright purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, cool. And a couple of times we've seen them live. God, you can't go wrong. Well, that was a weird glitch. But anyway, um, you know, just hearing them play some of those old stompers is uh, live is an incredible experience as well. I'm the walk-in dude. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tea bags. We're Oh, we're up to round three. Yep. The finale. Yeah. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that. Um, You're still welcome. Yeah. I would say I was trying to think of something that kind of just blew me away as far as something I hadn't heard really before. And so I remember hearing uh, Prelude, the family trip off of uh, Marilyn Manson's An American Family. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's the Willy Wonka. Yeah. redo made in and then it goes right into cake and sodomy and uh that was just such an odd thing to hear like i i don't think anybody could expect that and no um, and that whole album for me was great and, and what a wild ride to see them live with uh trent back in the day too you know yeah um, i have a good story about that yeah. too <laughs> i yeah i i actually um uh, trent came back or not maybe no was that, i can't remember if it's that time or not it must have been that time because he probably wasn't in muncie twice i wouldn't have been but um mm -hmm. he uh someone someone said that he was playing piano trent was playing piano at the high hotel downtown and i went down there and i had a leather jacket that i had painted a nine inch nails thing on the back um and i went to the bar and i was kind of waiting to see if I could catch him and uh, somebody came by and they were like hey man nice jacket and I said thanks and I turned around and it was Marilyn Manson <laughs> and, uh, and oh, wow. so I got to talk to him for a few minutes yeah and it was cool he was I mean obviously you've seen him on talk shows and stuff He's a pretty normal guy for the most part off stage but mm -hmm. um, yeah so that was really interesting going trying to catch a glimpse of Trent and getting a compliment from Marilyn Manson so, yeah no doubt <laughs> that's awesome I think yeah. he's yeah. recording a new album right now I think I saw uh, some today yeah, he's finishing it up, I think. Uh, I, quick story about that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I remember that was one concert where we went and stood in line to buy tickets for it at Karma Records. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> when we got in there, I think it said something about Marilyn Manson was opening up for them. And we're like, who the hell is that? We never heard of them. So yeah. when we got the tickets, we bought the album too. I bought the cassette. And then when we were in my car headed back, I don't, I think it was Paul and I, and I know, I believe Jeff Little was with us. That sounds right. 
and I don't, maybe somebody else, I don't remember, but, uh, uh, we popped that in and it started on that intro and I was like, Whoa, this is trippy. And then that, that beat starts on cake uh-huh. and sodomy and it's such, I was like, Oh, this is cool. And then he says that first line and I was like, yeah, excuse me. What did he say? Yeah. I, I think it's but, like virgin sold in quantity or something. <laughs> no, that is not the first line. The first line is I am. The oh yeah. God. I am the God. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So, um, and I was like, okay, well this is interesting. And that, that is still one of my favorite songs of theirs. We'll catch him on Ed Sullivan folks. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every time oh. I hear the the phrase cake and sodomy, I think of Eddie Izzard's bit talking about give me liberty or give me death. And he's like, you know, he switches. It's like cake or death, you know, and it's like <laughs> cake or death, cake, please. Oh, all right, here you go. And all that kind of stuff. And eventually he's like, we're going to run out of cake at this rate. We're out of cake. Well, then give me the chicken. That wasn't an option, but you know, cake or sodomy, folks. Choose one. Anyway, I digress. Excuse me. All right. Paul, you're number one. My number one, well, technically my number one was blackened. Um, Since Monday and I had some steals, I uh, quickly referred to my fourth choice that I didn't write down, but I wrote it down. Uh, It's the opener from a little band you guys may not have ever heard, uh, at least heard of, called Obituary. The track is infected off of cause of death. Um, Talking about one that scares the living shit out of you. Um, Mm -hmm. When uh, Donald Tardy starts singing, you're like, oh, my God, this guy came out of a coffin and just started screaming. Um, mm. He's just got this growl that just lingers. And um, it rose the hair on my arms, you know, at, you know, 14, 15, however old I was when I was listening. And I, you know, was able to grow some hair on my arms. Anyway, um, just <laughs> the way the chords were, the way the um, – the the voice was with it. And then it goes into some breakneck speeds later on. And um, of course the lyrical content is always kind of gory and that kind of thing too. Not nearly as bad as cannibal corpse, but you know, nonetheless the whole experience was just a wild ride. And actually the first time I heard it, uh, Monday played me a snippet off of his cassette over the phone back when landline could translate audio pretty well. And uh, then I immediately went out and bought it on CD and then, you know, had it. And then I remember while I was coming in, what the hell is this? It's a band called obituary. I don't like it. Go take it back. Okay, whatever. And I never did, uh-huh. of course, but uh, <laughs> listen to it on headphones at that point for a while. But yeah, such a um, terrible influence. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, it could have been way worse for sure. You know, if music was my drug, I'll gladly take it because uh, I certainly found myself diving into my guitar a lot more than, you know, trying to go out and get in trouble. In fact, quick story. One time, uh, Monday and I and our high school band ring finger, uh, went off to play a party, um, with a bunch of uh, our peers. And, uh, I didn't tell my mom about it cause I knew she was going to say no. And, uh, you know, I, I got an ass chewing for that to say the least, but then my older brother got into some drama and, uh, they kind of forgot about mine, you know, it's like <laughs> the, the worst thing I did was go and play guitar for my friends for the night, you know, and he went off and, did something stupid. I think he even, you know, they even had to bail him out. So I don't know, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I'll, again, I'll gladly take music over any other drama cause it's been you know, quite the therapy in my life. Yeah. What was the yeah. name of that song again? Uh, infected. Infected. Mm-hmm. Uh, a okay. quick note about them obituary. They're still putting out great music and Donald Tardy, the vocalist, he has not lost a step, man. He's no. as crazy as ever. And, uh, he he is one of my favorite death metal I, singers, whatever you want to call him, but vocalist. Yeah, yeah. But and, yeah and, he they're they're one of the greats, man. 
Absolutely. And no disrespect yeah. to Trevor Perez because he's he seems like a really cool fella and, and he's a great guitar player. But when I opened up the liner notes and I saw the band photos, Trevor had like kind of dark circles under his eyes. It was natural. Was it wasn't made terrifying. up. Terrifying. Yeah, exactly. It's like he really fit that image. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my gosh, this guy is the walking yeah. dead. And he's playing guitar in this band. And, and it just epitomized the the potential evil. But uh, no, it was mm-hmm. it was a wild ride. And I'm sure I think, Monday you shared the link on Facebook that uh, death metal brings joy in um, yes. people's lives yeah i did <laughs> you know that it's not the negative effects that people think it would be yeah yeah they must have a excellent marketing team too because i see them in the paper every week <laughs> <laughs> wow you're what was our drum roll quickly <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna just roll. say uh we missed that a lot last week <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was fun listening to you guys though as a listener uh, awesome yeah and you know did you oh by the way did you like my um, write-ins for your challenge <laughs> well did i like them or did i think they were funny <laughs> that's two different things yeah well it was great i, I could have gone full seth rogan on you but uh you know again i i withheld restraint oh, so yeah that's why we're friends paul <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right who's up all right Steve? so my number one is the title track off of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, the the piano intro leading into the sprawling two-disc set. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that leads into Tonight Tonight. I thought that was just a perfect entry into that album that was, you know, pretty uh, – they really, they really went all out. I mean, I think it was, it was conceptually supposed to be an entire day, the two albums put together, the day and the night. And so I think it really kicked it off. Um, you know, for an album that's as sprawling, and at the time it felt like it was, they were really trying to tread some new ground there um, after uh-huh. Siamese came out before that. So I love that, that piano intro. Yeah. That's a, I think nice that's choice. underrated as an album because it was so long, but I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, when I when I worked at the record stores, I remember we we had tons of. I mean, we were going through it like crazy, but we stocked it so heavy. Um, you guys remember the racks where all the CDs were placed mm-hmm. and everything? Mm-hmm. We had to put them on the floor underneath because they were taking up so much space that we couldn't put other artists in the S section. And so it's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, that was yeah, pretty hefty packaging. Yeah, it would, yeah. but it was cool. I mean, of course, that was before, well after the long bo- long boxes had gone away, but. Um, yeah, they uh, certainly stocked them deep, and and you know it was a well-deserved, high-selling album too. Just great journey. Um, I went through a couple copies of it because lost disc two one time, lost disc one one time, and then you know all that fun stuff. So, yeah, great uh-huh. choice. That's a good choice. All right, bring us home Monday. Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, again, Paul, damn it. Uh, <laughs> So I upgraded my number two choice, and Tony's going to like this one. Uh, I went with uh, Pinion and Wish yes. off of Broken. And, <laughs> man, that, you know, I heard Wish before. I, I saw the video and stuff before I got the album. And when I finally got it, I put that on, and I was like, I, I push play, and nothing was happening for a second. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? And then I started hearing this. <laughs> slow build and the volume kind of creeping up and just this monotonous uh, 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 and i was like what the hell is this 
And then yeah. Wish just boom comes right in, and man, it's just like a punch in the gut. So good. It's that broken is probably honestly it's still probably my favorite Nine Inch Nails release. I I love it front to back. So good. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's one of the best, man. This that build and the release with when Wish kicks in is just amazing. It is, and coming off of Pretty Hate Machine, like you don't expect that. So that different. album, yeah, yeah. They, it's tons of growth between a first and second release. Right. Well, great yeah. choice, Monday. Yeah, Absolutely. I knew you would like that one. <laughs> yeah. The tea bag seal of approval. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I remember hearing that too, and it was just like this grind, and. uh uh, you know, as short as that release is, um, it was on constant rotation for the longest time. And here's a question for, for any of you who had a copy of that on CD. Did you have the version with the bonus tracks at the end or the little micro disc? I had both. I had the bonus tracks. Yeah. I, can't, I think I did too. It's in the other room. Um, I saw it not too long ago, but I can't remember. I yeah, like that- the, the cool like four-way fold-out. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. but yeah, I, I didn't have the bonus, the little mini disc. I just had the bonus, like track 98 and 99. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, that was probably a good idea at the time when the shelf came out nowadays when people slide. It's like, well, good luck getting that back out of your car. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that was a great challenge. Well done, Monday. Thank and, you. And uh, the next challenge goes to tea bags. Yes. So it's ironic because this kind of feeds into what Monday was just talking about. But um, I was listening to Footsteps the other day by Pearl Jam, which also has the same music as, I think, Times of Trouble by Temple of the Dog. Um, But Footsteps was only released, I think, as a B-side to a single, never on an album until later on when they re-released a bunch of stuff. But... um. So I was going to say the three best B-sides or bonus tracks. Ooh, nice. Thanks. And the bonus tracks have to be like unlisted, like kind of like that 98, 99. It wasn't. Yep. Yeah. That's it. Weekly challenge. All right. (laughs) Three best B-sides or bonus tracks. Okay. Got it. Uh That's going to be a challenge because we're going to have to really Uh, dig back in now. I have a question yeah. just for clarification. Sure. Can I use Skid Row's entire EP beside ourselves? That's all covers. Can I use that? <laughs> uh, you can't use anything Skid Row. If you read the bylaws to wanderings and wool gatherings, <laughs> I no, I'm just kidding. Skid Row is an awesome band. <laughs> they you are actually, can, you can kiss my ass on that one. <laughs> Fair enough. No, I mean, Sebastian Bach actually has a great voice and I like Skid Row, but Slave to the Grind is a very heavy album. Yes. Yeah. No. Monday, if you follow my rules, you can do whatever you want. That's true. I don't know why I even asked. <laughs> true. So <laughs> nice. Well, all I gotta all right. say is uh accepted. next week. Nice. All right, yes, that will definitely be fun. And that brings us to the weekly review this week. Right. Do we have do we have intro music for that? Not yet. I've, I've been, uh, well, Slacker. hey, folks, stick around <laughs> till after the show. If you don't listen from this point on, fast forward to the end and listen.
track that I'm going to put on here. My daughter and I wrote a little tune about spring break. Oh yeah, video. <laughs> I love the. Yeah, they should if yeah anyone that's listening needs to hear that because that the was hilarious the and the part. video was great. Yeah, agreed. Are so, you putting them both on? Oh, you can. I, yeah, you can do that now. That'll well, be a video. But I don't have the the video finished yet. We're actually working on um, a full production. Um, I've got I've got some uh, people coming over to be the live band and. We've been putting little scenes together and all that stuff. It's been a great way for her to enjoy spring awesome. and do something creative and, and all that stuff. So um, I don't want to share it super heavily because it's, you know, just something for us to do, but, you know, family and friends, I definitely want to show off to them and show how awesome she is with rhythm and how much of a good sport she is with, with metal music for a, a seven year old. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the one minute behind the scenes uh, video that we got was pretty awesome. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we did review Mark Morton anesthetic. Mm -hmm. So um, who would like to kick us off a little bit? Um, I can, or I can say a little something about it. If you, somebody else wants to lead off. off. Yeah, go go ahead. Guest. Okay. Well, I suggest this one uh, because I'm a big fan of Lamb of God. Uh, Seen them live a couple times. Mark Morton is their one of their two guitar players, and he's amazing. I love his riffs and his grooves and Lamb of God. Um, just good stuff. So I was really looking forward to this one. And he released, I don't know, two or three songs before the album actually came out. Uh, the first song they released was the last song in the album. So that was kind of kind of cool. Or, Kind of weird. Usually, you know, you release something early in the listing. But um, and then so the actual first song on the album is, of course, Cross Off with Chester Bennington or yeah, Chester Bennington. Um, And it's really awesome to hear him again, uh, you know, gone too soon. And I I was a huge Linkin Park fan. I loved other stuff that Chester did. Uh, he's just an, an amazing singer. And it was really great that uh, Mark got him to do this, you know, obviously before he passed away. And so it was really cool to hear that. And um, one of the really cool things about that is, is I think probably because it's Chester, it's getting some radio play. And so, which is great for Mark. That's amazing. I mean, you know, I, I'm sure. Uh, guitarist x from any band releasing a solo album probably doesn't expect anything like that but chester you know everybody wants to hear more of him so that's pretty awesome i will say i do not love the rap section (laughs) uh yeah i could have done without that part but you know it's great it's a good song great song um there's some really awesome guests through this whole thing uh Second track, Sworn Apart, has Jacoby Shaddix from Papa Roach. Uh, You know, it's a pretty decent song. Uh, Axis has Mark Lanigan from Screaming Trees. And I I really like this song. I like uh, Lanigan's vocals on the song. Um, I heard an interview with Mark Morton, and he said Mark Lanigan is one of his favorite singers ever. So that was, he was pretty stoked to be able to work with him. Um, the Never features one of my favorite singers, Chuck Billy of Testament, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Jake Oni, who's from a band called Oni, and which I'm not terribly familiar with. Um, but that song, you know, 
uh, he probably got Chuck because the song is super heavy and uh, it's pretty awesome. Um, number five was Save Defiance and Miles Kennedy. Man, this song was the highlight for me. Um, I don't own a lot of Miles Kennedy stuff. I don't follow him a ton. He is a powerhouse singer. Uh, he does a lot of work with Slash. His his recent stuff, Miles is saying on his stuff. Um, he also is in the band Alter Bridge, which is most of the guys that used to be in Creed. And mm-hmm. Miles sings with them. It's pretty good stuff. But man, that song just it smokes that he's miles is awesome and that's a really great song um blur has mark morales on it who i'm not familiar with he's from a band called sons of texas never heard of him i did a google search and i, th- I thought it was mark morales from the fat boys at first i was like yeah that's no i saw was, that too that's the first like, thing that came up i'm like that is not marky d no no <laughs> no sir <laughs> yeah but uh, it's pretty good. It's like kind of got a southern swampy feel to it. It's pretty awesome. Um, this one, I cannot wait to hear what Tony has to say about it. Because Back from the Dead featuring Josh Todd of Buck Cherry. <laughs> um, this is my favorite song on the album. No, I'm kidding. I, it's not great. I, I mean, if you could like mute his vocals, I would love the song. But... I mm-hmm. I can't get past it. I just can't. I don't. I really can't. It's woof. <laughs> um, uh, reveal with I don't even know how to say her name. Naima. Yeah. Naima Maddox. Uh, mm-hmm. Not familiar with her at all, but the song is decent. Um, I didn't love it. I, it kind of feels out of place. I, it's good that you know he does different styles, and you know he's into all different kinds of music and stuff, but I didn't love this song. Uh, It did kind of make me want to check out more of her stuff because she's kind of a singer songwriter type. So I do want to check out more of her. It didn't turn me off of her voice. It just felt, I don't know, kind of weird. Um, Imaginary Days, actually Mark Morton sings on that one himself. Uh, which was a pleasant surprise for me because I didn't really know. I've never heard him sing because in his band, he's got Uh an awesome singer. So, (laughs) Um, but it's really good. I like that song a lot. His vocals are good. I like the groove. Um, The last song on the album was the first song that I heard. It's called The Truth is Dead. And it features Alyssa White Gluz from, uh, I'm blanking on her band. Oh, uh, Arch Enemy? Arch Enemy? Arch Enemy. That's it. I always get them confused with another one, but yeah, it's Arch Enemy. And uh, of course, Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. And it's really awesome. I like the contrast of her singing and his growling, but then they both do clean vocals together, which sounds great. Randy doesn't get a chance to do clean vocals that much, but he's, he's great at it. It sounds awesome. And then she does her growly stuff too, which is great i love it when a a woman can kick ass like that it's great um and and that my favorite part of that song is when the real groove kicks in about a minute into it awesome 
and that that song of all of them that song i think it's just because it's randy with mark is the most lamb of god feeling song on the album so but overall i really loved it i've been listening to it quite a bit i will listen to it more and i'd probably give it a four out of five and uh i dug into who else played on it a little bit and some of the names i recognize was uh dave ellison played some bass on it of course from megadeth uh mike inez from allison chains played a little bit of bass and ray Luzier from corn played drums on a couple tracks i think hmm. so okay. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's good to see somebody, you know, somebody I like putting out something they're proud of and having a little bit of success with it. So I liked it a lot. Would you Excellent. listen to it again? I would listen to it a lot. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> All right, tea bags. Um. Well, and it's funny. I'll go back to uh, back from the dead because. We had similar thoughts on that. I thought it was a good song. It had high energy, but and I actually like how they did the course. But I am, it, it's I do have trouble getting past that. We kind of had a little bit of a different opinion. As the reveal, I thought was maybe I liked it because it just it was just a good song to me. But maybe it didn't fit properly, you know, on the album as much. I I, I don't know for sure, but I did like review. Um, it, I liked hearing a female vocalist, and I kind of like the bass on that. Um, and then a few other kind of. Uh, Highlights for me was uh, Axis. I thought that was good. It kind of sounded really um, like a Natural Born Killers or David Lynch film soundtrack kind of feel. Um, and then uh, Imaginary Days was really actually solid for me. Like I listened to that one uh, several times this evening before we got on here. And um, Cross Off, again, same thing. I, I don't necessarily care about the rap portion, but I, it was great to hear Chester's voice again, and I think it was a great lead-off track. I never really thought about that, but I do think the, you know, the radio play or, or whatever kind of sharing it would get based on that is really cool. Cause it so I thought it was a solid album too. I mean, I would, I would probably give it a four as well. Um, because at no point in time was I really like saying like, Oh my God, how much more do we have to go or anything like that? There was so, I was really enjoying a lot of it. So yeah, solid four out of five and I would probably listen to it again. Excellent. JPP. Um, I'll be swift on mine. Can you guys hear me okay, first off? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My interface is cutting in and out a little bit, so um I, I don't know what's going on with it. So I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I can a little bit some, of a click. That's what I yeah. can hear is a click, like somebody's like messing yeah. with a coin. Yeah, it's I'm not sure because like all of the, the faders just kind of light up on it, so I'll have to get it figured out. Anyway, so yeah, uh listening to the album, I'll be brief. Um overall it was good. Uh I wrote down some of my standout tracks on here. Um, you know, of course Cross Off was a great opener. Um uh, you know, again, Chester gone too soon. We all said the same thing there and um it was just a, a fun riff and just good high energy. So you know, this ties into the challenge nicely. Um, you know, it starts the mood for the album. Uh, the Never with uh, Chuck Billy. The the riffage reminded me of Low Era Testament. Definitely had some James Murphy vibe to it, which I thought was pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Back from the Dead. I wrote that one down because um, I listened to some of the album at home. And then uh, we went to see the Lego movie, the, the, the uh, sequel uh, this week. And... Uh -huh. uh, my daughter and I were in the car waiting on my wife. She ran into uh, a beauty store that I had no interest in stepping into. It's like, we'll stay in the car. And uh, <laughs> so I was kind of skimming through the parts I missed. And that song came on. 
my daughter's in the back of the, in her seat going, you know, snapping her fingers to that intro. She really liked it. And then after that, she was just like, okay, I want to hear that intro again. So, and of course, I saw it had explicit content, so I turned it down, you know, so she wouldn't have to hear, you know, any kind of uh, F-bombs or whatever may have been dropping at the time. But, you know, it was just funny that that opening riff had a good shuffle and it just really caught her ear and she really liked it. Um, you know, again, I, I like what Monday said, as an instrumental, I would definitely really, really enjoy it. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, just seeing my daughter fire up about, you know, a hook and a groove was, was cool. Um, the Truth is Dead with Randy and Alyssa White. I thought that was a, a good, you know, give a kind of a nice round, um, you know, rounded out in the grand scheme of things. So the other tracks were good too, don't get me wrong, but those really stuck out to me. I'd say that my overall impression of the album, much like when James Murphy went solo and did his album Convergent after uh, – it uh it gave me that kind of same feel except mark had a lot of different vocalists also but he um really played on their styles quite a bit too uh with their songs i feel like whereas um you know james was definitely both albums play with different styles and kind of get out of their normal uh, repertoire of, of playing and i think it was just a, a fun experiment on both parts but uh yeah overall i'd say four out of five um i wouldn't listen to the whole album again but i'd definitely grab quite a bit of them and, and throw them in a playlist for sure cool. cool all right what was your uh number rating uh four out of five four out of five okay yeah uh well i don't have a ton to add um to what you guys said again, cross off solid for me, as I went through, I started listening to it. And I was like, did I hear that right? You know, so I went back and I looked up the lyrics. There were just a number of spots where I thought the lyrics were really powerful. Uh, like heavier are the words that go unspoken, heavier are the promises now broken. Will you learn to love the taste of the destruction in your wake? Cross off the days. There are just some really clever lyrics that I thought throughout that whole song. Um, Axis. I, I think we all, I'll oh, go ahead. Buddy. Oh, I was just going to say that I, I didn't touch on it, but yeah, now that you said that, like the lyrics of Cross Off, after I listened to it a couple of times, I listened to it pretty hard and paid attention to the lyrics. And it, it's almost, I don't know if prophetic is the right word, but it's certainly poignant uh, considering what happened with him and his passing and all of that. And Cross Off touches on, I feel like it touches on a lot of the things surrounding like you could get from the surrounding of his death and all of that like i mean it, it sounds like it's coming from a guy who's not in a great place or it's certainly at least about someone who is not in a great place or somebody who's causing others i don't know right but yeah, yeah just what you said there he says can't kill the pain it's everything it's all i feel it's what i breathe turn the hate I breed into what I need. It's yeah. There's just so many spots in that song. that I thought the lyrics were just, just right on point. Uh, -huh. uh, I agreed with everybody on axis. I thought that was a really strong song. And Lanigan for me is kind of interesting because you know, it, he was just smoother in screaming trees, probably because he was younger. Now his voice is a little more gravelly. And I think in some ways better kind of reminds me of Johnny cash a little bit, how he just became so much more powerful as his voice changed as he got older. Uh, uh -huh. I feel the same here about Lanigan. And that was a great song. And then um, I agree with uh, Tony on Reveal. W right off the bat, I thought, damn, that is a great bass groove. And then mm -hmm. as it went in, then all of a sudden there's a little piano accompaniment. It is definitely different than everything else on the record, but mm -hmm. that groove hooked me right off the bat. I thought that was really cool. And uh, 
those are the three that jumped out. Everything else I felt was there was nothing throwaway. Um, but the other ones didn't catch me quite as much as those, but I will go back and listen again because sometimes it just takes a few for things to grow on you. And I would give it a solid three and a half out of five. Yeah. Well reviewed by the gang here at Wanderings and Together. Who, who recommended that we uh, do that one? I did. Yeah. Cause that's, I'm a lamb of God fan and he's, that's where he came from. That's so. A, that's what I figured. Uh, by the way, um, you mentioned when you're a, a baby metalhead, and I think we need to make like a we need to make a graphic for that. <laughs> the website. <laughs> so I'll get with you. I think I know somebody who's pretty good with Photoshop who could probably make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, but they'll definitely. If I can get it animated, we'll do that. Right. Can't wait. <laughs> I may have some pictures from uh, seventh grade for you too. Well, okay. Tony, you already gave me awesome. my uh, background photo with the Backstreet Boys. So if you can pull <laughs> that off, then that would be my profile picture. <laughs> I'll try to do one a month for you so you can switch them out. <laughs> nice. That would be awesome. Oh. Um, okay, so for next week's review, we don't have one yet. We'll figure that out and we'll post it online once we do. Um, let's uh, do a quick round table before we send it yeah. off for tonight. What's everybody listening to this week? Metalhead? Uh, listen to Mark Morton a lot. And um, I was kind of going through a few things, trying to figure out my album openers. So, you know, a little bit of Megadeth, a little Slayer. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't have to listen to Nine Inch Nails because that one, I was just like, boom, that one immediately grabbed me. So, um, and uh, that's really, yeah, I haven't, I mean, you know, I listen to podcasts while I work all day. so. Uh, one of my favorites came back. They were off for a while. So that I would recommend to any music fans. It's a podcast called Disgraceland. And it's basically a true crime meets rock and roll. Every episode, he kind of takes um, like a, say, oh, well, one was uh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, basically, kind of sounds like he may or may not have killed one or two of his wives. Uh, so he kind of delves into that. Okay. Um, yeah, he just came back, just came back this past week with a two-parter about uh, Kurt Cobain and uh, his lovely wife. Um, so I haven't delved into that yet. I've been waiting for the second part to come out so I can listen to both of them together. But it's really great. Like, I mean, every episode he kind of tackles a different, different rock and roll related crime and it's he does it in a super interesting way and it's it's great i really look forward to that show cool excellent tea bags well um in listening uh, in preparing for the challenge i didn't put any of these in my list but uh, i wanted to hear what led zeppelin opened with because you know i was listening to their music but never start necessarily on song one and just like Metallica, man, they have so many good ones that just lead off, you know, solid albums. So, uh, got me listening to Led Zeppelin again a lot more. Um, uh, Steve, you sent me an article, uh, an interview with Maynard, and in that he mentioned Love and Rockets, and I realized I hadn't listened to them for a long time. So, went back and listened to Love and Rockets. Um, saw there was a saw there's a video for Hearts Filthy Lesson by Bowie, and that's been around since like. 94 95 and i didn't know that the video existed so 
that back and listen to that. Fantastic song. Uh, it really is. Song. And the song "I'm Deranged" off that same yeah. well, I don't know if it's the album, but that's a good. Those two tracks are good. Um, I found a new track called "Electric" by Clara Nova, uh, female vocalist, but some nice electric sound. And then I don't know if you guys watch this or not. A friend of mine at work turned me onto this, but it's on Hulu. But it's a there's like five seasons. It's called Letter Kenny, and it's a like a sitcom. Um, hmm. used to, used to be on Crave TV. Um, I will separately send you guys one of the cold opens from the show. And if you don't love the cold open, then I don't know how we're all friends. But um, <laughs> I, I'm just loving it. It's so hilarious, and it takes a while to get used to, but it, it's a great show. So. Um, between watching Letterkenny, um, listening. Oh, I've been listening to uh, Ron Burgundy has a podcast. I don't know if you know that or not. Oh, God, yeah. yes. I saw that it was coming out. Yeah, yeah. I I won't spoil the first one for you, but the first seven minutes of the first one are him trying to figure out what a podcast is. <laughs> so that's pretty interesting. Nice. Oh, yeah. So you know, listening to podcasts, watching a little Hulu, and listening to some music. It's you know, that's a good life. That's awesome. JPP, what's in the player? Obviously, after coming down from the Metallica experience, I certainly went back and started listening to a lot of the discography. Um, I will say, the Black Album is a great album. And the problem I had was Sad But True was on the radio or on MTV all the time. Heavy hitter. Mm -hmm low tune i mean it's a great song but i couldn't get away from it so after a while you're just like ah need to take a break from it so i probably haven't listened to that song voluntarily for 15 years they played it live and made me fall in love with it all over again so i listened to that and you know got my socks knocked off oh by the way um i was able to get a hold of a couple of picks at the show too and one cool thing that these guys did is they uh really paid attention to details for every city they're in the picks have something iconic for for indianapolis it's the saint elmo steakhouse um they had the state flag with the metallica logo all over the cubes that were coming up and down throughout the show too so um all of that just basically just that entire experience really made me go back and listen to everything um if you listen i don't know if they have it on spotify or not but if you listen to any of the albums on uh apple music you can get versions with extra tracks. So there's like James demo tapes of some of the tunes. There's live performances. There's them working out the arrangements of the songs and just really interesting takes of, of how those tunes evolved before they became the final product on the album. So big piece of that in my uh, repertoire, listen to some, um, well, actually some classic eighties because I binged the first two seasons of glow on Netflix this week. Uh, yes. That's a good show. Oh man, great. <laughs> you know, my Marin, grandpa. Go ahead. Marin is amazing in that. Oh show. man, yes. what's funny is like I feel like he really wasn't acting; he was just being himself, but just reading <laughs> lines. You know what I mean? It's like what the fuck, man. You know what I mean? And all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's just great, great character. Um, you know, I, I watched it out of the fact that my grandpa and I used to watch wrestling a ton when I was a kid, when I was over at the house, and every once in a while, Glow would be on. So I just remembered that experience and. I, I thought I would check it out. And of course it's kind of a fictional enactment of, of that whole time. But yeah. It doesn't have the real characters or anything, but it's no. kind of, kind of the basic idea. Yeah. But such a, such a great story. I mean, like 
like writing characters and developing them over time. I just really enjoyed the way they put it all together. And the uh, classic eighties tunes were certainly a nice touch sprinkled mm-hmm. in here and there, especially with like, uh, you know, show opener and, and closing credits and stuff. So I thought it evolved nicely. And I did see at the end that another season will be coming. So I'll stick around for that for sure. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I listened to uh, WTF Marin's podcast and I think they just finished filming season three. Awesome. It'll so, be uh, interesting to see where they take the story for sure. Trying yeah. to think of anything else exciting. Um, and other than that, just listening to my daughter scream vocals for me and, <laughs> uh, you know, writing some riffs. I've, I've been really fired up with the guitar again after watching those guys and I've been just playing a ton. And uh, <clears throat> I spent a good chunk of today with a little practice amp out in the living room and my French bulldog was sitting there tilting his head, looking at the, the amp going, what the hell are you doing? Kind of thing. But uh, he was headbanging he, in his own <laughs> canine way. Yes, certainly. Exactly. So it was, it was fun. I, I'm uh, kind of putting together a, a list of riffs to start tracking and recording. And, you know, though I've been working on electronic albums for a while, um, I, I kind of want to put that on the back burner and kind of fall in love with the guitar again. So that's, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Mm. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, we can't wait to hear more of your guitar work. It is well, excellent. Shucks. Shucks, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> G-Rated. Right. How about you, man? What's, what's going on with you? This is the G-Rated show. Golly That's G. right. Um, okay, so uh, I didn't, I just, I never listened to as much during the week as you guys do. Hopefully here over spring break coming up, I'll get to do some more of that. Um, I did listen to, I've managed for the past month or so to average about five workouts per week. So I'm pretty excited about that. This week, my playlist for all of them was Gojira Magma from 2016. It was a super hardcore record that is fantastic for working out. Um, (laughs) That'll probably maintain that playlist for a little while because it's just great when working out. Uh, Of course, listen to Morton a few times. Um, Friend of the show. Kyle Brust was over with his son this weekend and his son asked me to listen to Kill Switch Engage. So I listened to some of that. And yes, um, one of my favorites. Yep. Yep. It was pretty good. So I got to give him the uh the thumbs up. Um and I'll I will check out more of that. I just kind of went through the, you know, at the top of Apple Music, it has their top songs or whatever. And so I just scrolled yeah. through and let it play. They're so. interesting because um their original singer, Jesse Leach, left, and then they got Howard Jones, who is also amazing. And mm-hmm. then Howard kind of had a little bit of a like a mental breakdown and left the band. And Jesse Leach came back and has been on their last several records. And I mean, both singers are fantastic, so you really can't go wrong. I mean, all of their stuff is great. But Howard Howard now, Howard has, like, he's taken care of all of that stuff, and he's in good health, and he's, you know, great mentally, and and he's kind of back in the game, but he's just started his own band instead of coming back to Killswitch, so, and, but they're all still friends, he hangs out with them still, and they are, you know, it's like one big happy family, and it's, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And I like it because it's a good mix of growl and singing. So yes, pretty dynamic. I like that. Um, and then yeah, the rest of the week, I my uh, Chicago Blackhawks about two weeks ago were eleven points out, and they are knocking at the door of the playoffs now with some splendid play lately. So um, the wife and I have been uh, thrilled to no end. So we're super excited about that. 
And uh, other than that, I just finished another class in my master's uh, building administrator program. So I'm inching to the finish line. I cannot wait because I hate Good it. For you. Hate it with passion. So uh, that's it. So anything left for the good of the order? Um, I just, I gave you guys crap over text, but no one mentioned the anniversary of the downward spiral last week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who, who did that one? I can't remember. Nope. Nobody did. Um, nobody I posted did. it on the Facebook page and told a little story about, I remember going to go, uh, I wanted to get it on CD, but I had like 15 bucks on me and it, the cassette was 12 bucks and the CD was 1698. And I was like, well, I'll just have to get the cassette. Um, yeah. You know, that was kind of my little story on it. And I could have expanded and went to, you know, <clears throat> pardon me. I remember going to get the ticket. You know, my mom drove me over to Karma records. I got my ticket and like, I'm going to the show. Sweet. And all that stuff. And, um, but uh, you know, I, I didn't want to steal your thunder on that. To be honest with you, I thought, you know, that would be something that you were so deeply invested in that I felt that was, you know, not my duty to, to take your spot on that, but I know it's a week late, but uh, nonetheless, if you want to do that now, you can, if we want to make a micro episode and post, we can do that too. Your choice. I think uh, it's going to be so in depth that when we get the website up and running, I'll post something uh, pretty, pretty in depth on that one. Cause okay. that was a life changing. Uh, right. And, and, and like opening tracks go, I mean, Mr. Self-Destruct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a pretty good one. So does anyone remember? Um, I, I have, uh, it's like a a double VHS of some project he did like around that time. And Uh I haven't seen it in so long. Like I can't remember a ton about it. I would love to find that on DVD, but I, I mean, cause I'd love to see it again, but like I said, Uh I have a VHS copy and I (laughs) obviously I'm not watching that anytime soon. So yeah, I have that. I think it was called closure. Yeah. That sounds right. I think I still have that. I don't remember much about it. Um, yeah, I think there was a lot of behind the scenes stuff, not necessarily the making of, but the touring yeah. aspect. Yes. And, and then I think one was a collection yeah. of videos. I'd love so, to see that again. Yeah. But man, if I can find mine, I'll convert it and upload it. All right, on. Cool. Um, real quick, too. Um, you guys saw I posted probably earlier on Facebook that uh, Dick Dale passed away this weekend. Great yes. guitarist legend. Um, truly a bummer. Uh, the saddest part about that is I saw an article where. He said he had to continue touring in order to stay alive to pay for his health insurance to fund his wife's medical expenses and stuff as well. And you know, Jeez. that's just it's just a shame that you know that, that you know, of course the music industry is one that um, you know it's certainly hard to make an earnest living. You know, depending on where you're at and the status of things. But uh, you know, the fact that you know he had it to a point where he couldn't comfortably retire or anything like that. It's really tragic. And um, you know, his tune is an iconic part of the pulp fiction film right so um you know and i first saw him on the movie back to the beach back to the beach when i was a kid um he was in the house band with stevie ray vaughn and it turned me on to fishbone and all that kind of stuff too so uh he's always been a part of my life and i remember uh at christmas i got cds before i got the cd player and i'm like i don't I, what am i going to do with this but one of them was a compilation of surf guitar tunes and dick dale was on that as well so he's always mm-hmm. been somebody that's been in my you know my uh eardrums uh through my history of learning guitar and and uh you know he will certainly be missed as well and um you know thanks for the years of music and you know your legendary approach to playing a right-handed guitar left-handed so 
Yeah, and he was also a huge influence on a lot of the metal guys because, I mean, you listen to that surf stuff. That's where the wrist comes from, man. It's oh, so yeah. thick. And yeah. I like you listen to the surf stuff and you throw distortion on there and you've got metal practically. Pretty much. Yeah, just it's, tame the reverb and, a little bit. Yeah. So with him, him and the ventures and that kind of stuff, like they're huge influences on a lot of the metal guys. Yep. And it, it's so fun to listen to. It was real catchy and and it was a really good groove, really uh good time and, and guitar driven music. Excellent. All right. Let's uh fly out of this program with uh where we can find you. Monday, where can we find you online? Uh still on Facebook under my name, Jeremy Mundy, M-U-N-D-Y. Uh Lacey and I, my wife, we share an Instagram. It's at the Munsters, T-H-E underscore M-U-N-D-S-T-E-R-S. And I'm uh, still looking into starting the Metalhead Monday Instagram. I think I'm going to try to make that happen here in the next couple weeks. Yes. Excellent. Do it. T-Bags, where can we find you hanging out? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Uh, outside of some seventies terry cloth shorts, and, <laughs> uh, or an open robe or two. <laughs> exactly. Hey, thanks for bringing the paper up. Um, <laughs> bleach my yeah, eyes, so. bleach my soul. <laughs> and uh, Facebook mostly. Um, still trying to, you know, post there every once in a while. And um, hopefully that website will be up next week, and then I'll be on there. Great. Excellent. Paul. You can find me at Instagram under just plain Paul. Uh, also, uh, Wanderings and Wool Gathering on Instagram and Wanderings and Wool Gathering on the Facebook page. So, you know, feel free to drop us a message or leave a comment and that type of stuff. If there's anything you want us to touch base on that we haven't covered, you know, leave a comment. We'll be happy to review it. And uh, you can even input from previous challenges we certainly welcome any type of dialogue in that regard because this is an open dialogue and you know there's things that you know we are exposed to music in our own ways and we have our own sum of experiences and, and journeys and we'd like to hear you know some of the things that that you may have encountered in music through the years be it your experience with vinyl or um, cassettes or whatever it is you know we certainly are open to hearing it and, and uh, you know, we love the experiences because everyone has their own journey. They experience music in their own way. And, and uh, that's what it's about. You know, it might not be my favorite band, but at the end of the day, if it makes you happy, I'm happy for you. Excellent. And you can find me Twitter, Instagram, Foggy's pal. You can also find me over at break the fourth and on Facebook. And gentlemen, I'm pretty sure with tonight's podcast, we have saved miracles. So uh, congratulate yourselves. And we will be back next week with our three best B-sides or bonus tracks and a mystery review. See you next week. Bye now. Hey, kid, pick up your toys. Dad, I'm off break. Hey, kid, time to brush your teeth.